things that we're attempting to do, and I'll say this over, and Philip and I'll say this over and over in the class, is that really this is about community. One of the reasons why we changed up even the look of the room from kind of the straight rows is that we could see each other across the way and that we could connect and that um, we might um, begin to build friendships. Because I, I really think, um, I, and I've, I've learned this uh, over probably my lifetime, I used to think that spirituality is what I believed. It really is in what you connect with and who you connect with and how you connect. Um, um, that spirituality is all about connection. Um, I know a lot of people that believe a lot, of, a, a lot of things, and it hasn't made them deeper. It hasn't made them more kind or more forgiving. Um, and so somehow the Holy Spirit embedded what we believe in our experiences, right? And that means that you don't have to be the smartest person to be the deepest person. And somehow um, um, in my own life, my smarts have sometimes gotten in the way of my experience. And so um, that doesn't mean that spirituality is for dumb people. <laughs> <laughs> It just, it just means, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> it, <laughs> it means, though, that um, uh, it comes through our experiences more than through our brain. And so um, Michael Polanyi, this philosopher that I love, said that our believing at its source is conditioned upon our belonging. Sit, sit with that for a second. I'll say it again. Our believing at its source is conditioned upon our belonging. So it's our belonging that really affects what we believe, right? And now I mean that not in a religious sense. You tell me what you think about yourself, and it emerges out of our sense of belonging. If you were in a, involved in a family or came out of a family where um, you didn't Maybe it was chaotic, and you didn't know if, um, um, if things were settled and set, and it was always moving, or maybe you have a super hypercritical mother or father, and you always felt like maybe it, you weren't going to be good enough, or it wasn't enough, or you weren't enough, or whatever that is, right? Um, that that's the place you belong, and what you believe about yourself and about the world emerges out of that place of belonging. And so at the... Um, um, at the core of Christianity, of all spirituality, um, and I'll keep saying this, that Christianity is not a belief system. It's a belonging system. It is not a belief system. Um, it, it's, it's a belonging system. And so it doesn't, I mean, I could say the creeds. I mean, I grew up with the creeds tattooed on my chest. Right? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and Jesus Christ is only son. Right? When I got in a crunch um, in my own life, I resorted back to the things that I thought would work for me, mainly my addictions or my defense systems. Because I believed that this is what was going to save me. And I kept all that stuff separate from a lot of people from a lot, for a lot of time until I couldn't keep it separate anymore and it was bleeding through everything. 
And so I had to enter into a, a, a place of belonging in a different place where vulnerability and all that kind of stuff was present. Um, and I came to believe. This is what um, the program of recovery says, that you come to believe that there is a power greater than ourselves that can restore us. And so at the heart of Christianity um, is that belief might set like the point us in the right direction towards the horizon, but along the way we have to create these belonging systems where we belong together and we belong with each other. Um, both of those are important, but at the end of the day, um, Christianity is a belonging system, so yeah. Um, that was a freebie. That wasn't in my notes today. <laughs> wow, it's going to be interesting, folks. <laughs> this is Matt without his ADD medicine. Okay. All right. Um, one of the things I'd like to do today is really, um, it, it's hard to, for me to believe that um, today is the first day or the first week of Advent, which is um, the next few weeks we'll be looking at um, texts around um, the coming of, of Christ. Um, what I'm going to do today is pause on that and we're going to talk, um, talk about gratitude because I think cultivating gratitude, I think um, in, in my PhD program, I spent a couple weeks just looking at gratitude, and it's really affected me. My buddy Clay Everett um, has really helped me with this in terms of just um, integrating that into my own life in really um, profound ways. In fact, Clay, I wish you were here. If I knew you were going to be here today, I'd make you teach this thing. So, uh, <laughs> But we're going to look at um, this whole uh, deal of gratitude, and this is the text that we're going to look at today. So here it is. It's out of Philippians. Paul is um, kind of gets to the, the heart of the way he sees spirituality. And this is coming from the, um, this is coming from the message, which is um, Eugene Peterson's take on the Bible. It's a, a translation, a modern translation. So Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's holiness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Good. And then Jeremy. <clears throat> Summing it all up, my friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that, and God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Thank you, Jeremy. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, so when we come to talk about gratitude as, um, as really a... Um, not just a, an idea, but a core spiritual practice. This becomes really core in the way that we um, we understand spirituality. Now, when I talk, when we're talking about gratitude, it's not um, what um, I was talking um, about mental plasticity um, earlier, right? We have a we have a, a doctor here that knows some things about. Is it mental plasticity? Cognitive plasticity, like how your brain changes and is able to kind of um, not be fixed over time. What, what I'm understanding, some of the folks that are studying gratitude, is that gratitude helps us not have a fixed mindset, but a more um, a fluid mindset. 
uh, things that are able to, to be opened up. Um, our, our, um, our evolutionary kind of biology says that we're always looking for problems and we're trying to figure out how to stymie those problems and keep them away. Right? That's our brainstem. I was just saying, uh, where's the problems are scanning and how do I keep it away? And so often our defense mechanisms come out of that. Um, our fear, our anger, our um, ability to, or our, our, our quick response into pushing things away and to trying to control things. Anybody here ever struggle with control issues? Here, can I get a, is, this, is it just me? So none of you have, okay, thank you. Got two hands back here. The rest of you people are liars, all right? that often our defense mechanisms cause us to control things so that we, because we're afraid that if we don't control them, something bad is going to happen out of that, right? And that if I can control things, if I can be the master of the domain, if I can, and we control, and we are controlled, it's amazing um, how much shame has been used in our life to control us, right? Um, you think about looking in the mirror, and I don't know how many of y'all look in the mirror and go, look at that. I mean, come on. <laughs> Let's just savor for a second. Okay, right? I mean, most of us look in the mirror and we think, ah, oh, man, I'm X amount of weight over, or I wish I was taller, or look at, oh, you know. We, we use shame in order even to monitor the way that we look and that we self-reflect. Does anybody do that besides me? Right? And so shame is used to really shape who we are and what we do. Um, and out of that shame, often our own anger or resentment or fear emerges, and we begin to they have these kind of what the, the program Alcoholics Anonymous will call character defects emerge out of this. And these are the things that we use really to manage our life. And so we use, I, we use shame in the control of our own folks that we love around us the most. Right? And we do it in subtle ways because it's been done to us in subtle ways. And so we use those little subtleties of shame or anger or fear or abandonment, pulling our, our presence away from folks. And so often our mental constructs, our mental kind of pathways get kind of really formed in ways of keeping us safe and secure. And if you ever kind of take a step back from your life, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I, there's times in my life I've looked in the mirror and I think, how did I become this way? How, how did I become this? Um, in the ways that I'd respond to Michelle early on. Or the ways that I'd respond to myself. Right? And so um, what I have learned is that then there's this whole spirit. I think the Holy Spirit then kind of gives us this spiritual stuff um, that says, um, I want to undo this, and I want to be a part of undoing this. I don't want to use shame as a way of making you better, because it's, I mean, shame can't make us better, right? Um, shame might hold up a mirror uh, to us, and we don't want to look at it. There's a difference between, I think, guilt and shame. Um, and, um, but the Holy Spirit will always come alongside and say, let me show you a better way of doing this. Let me help undo these fixed mindsets that you have. And um, the text that we read today, um, Paul is really saying um, um, it's ingratitude. Put your mind on these things. You heard what Jeremy read. And the way that he says it in the, uh, another translation is if there's anything good or worthy or pure or holy or um, um, wonderful, 
think about these things. Think about these things. Um, this is not kind of shellacking a bunch of Jesus over something, and, and it is not a don't worry, be happy. But our mindset will constantly, if we're not, if just notice in many, in many ways, our mindset will move towards the things that are problems and how we solve problems. Even now, think about often um, you can just notice, be the noticer in your, in your life, in your mind. Notice where your mind goes to. And often it's, oh, did I turn the uh, oven off? Or are my kids going to be okay? Or is there enough in the bank account? Or, oh, my God, um, that conversation over Thanksgiving, that, was that a train wreck? Did I say the right things? Did I, all those things, right? They didn't, they didn't say that they liked the food. Does that mean I'm a bad? We do all that kind of stuff, right? And our mind is trained in those ways. And what Paul is saying, what neural... Um, biologists and psychologists are now saying is that we can train our minds, this is what Paul is saying, to think on these things, right? So thousands and thousands of years ago, the antidote often for our modern problems are embedded within Scripture. And so um, what Paul is saying is think on these things, on, on, on gratitude. Gratitude... Um, um, just means from the Latin uh, grata, which is free, um, unearned, gratefulness, graciousness, grace. Is um, Maybe I should put that up. That would be better. There you go. Um, and um, there were, I, I sent out, did you guys get the, I sent out a me, two messages. This, did you guys get the two videos I sent out? Okay. I just, this is, uh, that doesn't mean you had to watch them. I'm just, that was just a question because I didn't know uh, if, <laughs> if I actually hit um, send on one of them. Um, there's two psychologists that have been studying gratitude for the last 20 years that I've been, and I can send this study out. It's a meta study. From, um, that I can send out in the email this week if you want me to. It's like, it's amazing. Uh, I read it about 10 years ago, and I read it um, uh, once a year or so just to be refreshed uh, during this time about the positive effects of why we cultivate gratitude. Um, and these two researchers say that there's two components um, of gratitude. Um, is, the, um, is the first is that we just notice um, the first thing is that we notice and that we affirm that there are good things in our lives. Um, I have my, my spiritual director who is, uh, I talk about her a lot because um, she's this amazing, this Catholic nun who's just incredible. She, um, she says where your energy, um, where your energy goes, where your attention goes, your energy flows. I think that's a really interesting phrase. Where your attention goes, am I okay? Is it going to be okay? Do I look okay? Do my, your, 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 your energy goes. You're going to feed that, right? And so what Paul is saying is that there's some other things that the Spirit wants us to feed. There's places in our character. There's places of goodness. There's, there's things about our life that the Holy Spirit wants us to look at and to feed so that we might um, understand that there's a, a, a power greater, a presence in our life um, that's underneath our lives that is greater than ourselves. And so these uh, researchers of gratitude say that 
that the first thing is that we notice and we affirm that there's good stuff in our life. Okay? So um, what about y'all today? Who wants to be, let's just notice and affirm some good things. Just speak them out. Family. Family. Grandchildren. Mm. The weather. Wasn't that great? Yeah. The weather. Yeah. Community. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I'll pay you later. <laughs> what else? Notice and affirm. All you just do is notice. New beginnings. Mm. Yeah. Fresh starts. Look at that. Look at that. Right? Mm. What else? My dog. Oh, World Cup soccer. Dude. I just, I love it. I know. We get, I got to be out of here by one. It's hard to leave. Anyway, yes. Yeah. TCU. TCU. Okay. Didn't see that one coming. All right. If we're going there, then Texas Tech. Texas A&M, all right. Uh, and Mark, let's stop this now. I'll say one Well, it kind of is. You know, just seeing your kids mm. launch and be successful. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. work so hard to yeah. get them. Yeah, yeah. As you can. That's right. That's good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my family has my my brother lived in Europe for 20 years, uh, and they just moved to Monterey, Mexico. His wife's from Monterey, and so they came up for Thanksgiving. And my sister came over from Austin, and it's the first time we've been together like that with the cousins and everybody in 20 years. It was awesome. So I have I want to notice that and affirm that. Uh, they lived in England, and then in Switzerland, and then in Prague. Yeah, real rough. <laughs> Tough duty. Tough duty. <laughs> so you notice. Notice. Uh, what was the valence, like emotional valence on that? Was that? Did that feel good when you notice things and you affirm it? Yeah. It feels good. It feels, I mean, like... I, I took my dogs to the dog park yesterday, and I just, Michelle's in Oklahoma visiting her dad who's sick, and I had like three dogs and a boy sleep with me last night, right? I don't feel super grateful for that, but, um, <laughs> but grateful enough, right? <laughs> and there's something about just no, it doesn't have to be di- big ticket items. This isn't like big ticket item stuff. 
Because if you notice, when your mind goes negative, it's not always big ticket item stuff. And so gratitude, the nurturing of gratitude, they say the first thing is notice and affirm. Just notice and affirm it. Where your um, mental life goes, your energy flows. Where your attention goes, your energy flows. And so your energy starts to flow to that goodness. The things that are free. <laughs> the things that you... And then they say this, the second things. The second thing is that it's then you affirm that you didn't do anything to create that. It's just given to you. Right? That you notice and you affirm. And then you also recognize that the things that you've just noticed and affirmed, you hadn't done anything to create. They've just been laid at your doorstep. They've just been given. That's the, that's the word grace. Gratis, free. Right? We have been acculturated in our um, country and in our culture and in our era to think that we have to go out and make a name for ourselves, to create our lives, that what you have in front of you, it's up to you to create. Um, and I think part of that's true. But most of the biggest gifts you'll ever have in your life, you've done nothing, nothing to create. All you've done is receive them. You've just received it. I think about this next breath you're going to take. Just think about that. You didn't do anything. You just received it. And I think in most of our lives, as we begin to think about um, these gifts that are given to our lives, that um, um, they're free. They're free. I'm going to challenge us uh, between now and Christmas. This is what my sponsor challenged me to do. And so I'm going to challenge y'all to make a gratitude list. I did this last year with some folks and encouraged folks to do this. But to make a gratitude list every day from today until Christmas. It can be on your phone. You can buddy up with somebody in this class and say, let's um, text each other every day. Just things we're grateful for, back and forth. If you want to do that with me, I'm in. We'll create a group text and we'll start doing it. Um, but just a, um, a deal where you just, in the morning, you write down or sometime during the day, what are you grateful for? Where your attention goes, your energy flows. What if we just um, dedicated ourselves between now and Christmas Eve just to write a list of things and just see what happens, like experiment with it, right? Experiment with the ways that our mind works and really think about, like, what, what are the things that we can notice and affirm and what are those things we haven't done anything to do except just to receive? There's this amazing study that these, uh, these folks that research gratitude did. Um, they, they, um, they, it was on a college campus where um, they do all this kind of research. You, you ever in college and you did research out of a psych lab and got some money out of it? Anybody? No? Okay. Um, these guys do this. And they, they had such an amazing um, result that they redid the test um, um, five and six times because they didn't believe that the results were authentic. <clears throat> And they, um, the kids that were coming into the counseling center, they would, um, they would link one of the, the folks up with uh, a counselor. Uh, the next person, they would, um, they would link up with the uh, next group, they would link up with a counselor. And they had these kids uh, write just um, things that happened during the day. Just, just stuff that happened, right? 
Um, and then the last uh, group, they would have link up with a counselor, and they would have um, uh, the folks write a letter to someone in their life um, that they were grateful for, things that they were grateful for in a, a letter to someone in their life. Let, let me, um, I, I misspoke. The first one, they would write negative things that had happened with a counselor. So they met with a counselor, wrote negative things, met with a counselor, wrote just stuff that happened, not negative or positive necessarily, which is stuff. And then the third, they would write a letter to someone that had meant something in their life. And what they found was like um, crazy amazing in that the folks that um, met with a counselor and wrote negative things, actually the experience uh, of meeting with a counselor was actually negative. Not only did it not help them, it hurt them to meet with a therapist. Uh, when they were always thinking about negative things in those, uh, those places and, and really just cogitating and thinking about those negative things. The folks that met with a counselor and then also um, um, just wrote the things that were kind of happening, um, they had some positive effect with meeting with a counselor, but no long-term effect. Six months later, they followed up on anxiety, depression, um, feelings of, um, of body dysmorphic. They were studying all, the kind of, all, all this stuff. And they realized that there wasn't long-term effect. Folks that um, wrote letters and met with a counselor, they had positive effect in terms of their own anxiety and depression, more positive scores of that. Um, and six months later and following up, um, they had maintained that. And this is just writing a letter each week to somebody that had meant something to them. And here's the thing. Um, only 20% of the college students sent the actual letters. So you don't have to send the letter. <laughs> you just have to write the letter. Right? I, th I think that's amazing. And they followed up six months later, and still, like, they were, it had all of these, like, great effects still that were going on. And I don't know... Um, like, what would it feel like, maybe even to take, if you don't want to do a gratitude list, what would it feel like to write somebody every week in your life that has meant something to you and just spend 10 minutes just saying thank you to them? You don't even have to send the freaking letter. <laughs> that would be great if you did. I bet you the person that would receive it would think, oh, wow. But just in writing it and just acknowledging and affirming that um, this person has done something, has given something to you in your life. It helps train your brain and your spirit to come alive. I, I think that's amazing. That this is what, um, this is what God does. This is what um, um, happens. Um, the, I'll just hit this really quick. And I think I may have shared uh, some of this on the video. But here's, um, here's what... Um, uh, um, researchers suggest that uh, uh, folks that cultivate gratitude across the board, they um, have higher um, positive valences of well-being, positive social relationships, um, better physical health, better scores on happiness and hope, less depression, lower anxiety, hostility and anger, <laughs> higher satisfaction with their lives and social relationships, higher level of personal growth, acceptance, capacity to forgive. Isn't that crazy? That's the one that caught my attention. Folks that develop um, gratitude hold on to resentment less. Um, and, and I have realized that resentment um, actually 
is the it's like um, it's like cancer of the soul. Um, I don't know about what Thanksgiving did to you, but sometimes resentment just shows up in a car and sits at the table around Christmas or Thanksgiving. <laughs> and they're here for two to three days. <laughs> you develop gratitude. You have access to actually forgive things that you think you would never forgive. And resentment and um, what is... What is Quite help me if this is wrong. Resentment is like drinking poison, hoping the other person would die. Is that right? <clears throat> drinking poison. Uh, <clears throat> hoping that person is going to die. And developing gratitude allows us the plasticity of our brains and our spirits to be able to let things go. Right? more likely to seek support, grow through painful experiences. This is where I study trauma in my PhD um, and how people respond to trauma. And that um, there is kind of post-traumatic growth is what uh, a lot of folks are studying. And that one of the things within, if you've ever, there's a great book on trauma that a guy named uh, Vanderkolk, uh, Bessel Vanderkolk wrote called The Body Keeps the Score. I think I've mentioned it before. It's fantastic. It's a social psychologist and, and, and medical doctor that began to study post-traumatic growth. And one of the things in post-traumatic, and what he says is that the reason why um, talk psychology doesn't work um, for deep traumatic things is because it's um, encoded, trauma is encoded in our bodies, in our, in, our, in our very bodies. We keep it in our bodies. That's why when you go to work out, if you're ever angry or if you're ever frustrated, like it helps release uh, the toxins that we carry around in our body, right? Um, and so that's why that often now they're seeing that for folks that have experienced trauma, and I would suggest that 98% of us in this room have experienced some sort of trauma in our lives. I think being born is traumatic. <laughs> um, and so um, that, that um, it's not just being able to talk through it, it's able to connect. And so when David and I connect on a, on a level, there is a sense in which then um, I'm able to work my stuff out in this relationship. When I'm doing physical activity, it's releasing these things as well. And so, um, yeah, um, less likely to use denial and internalize failure. Um, they report less shame and narcissism. They sleep better. Blood pressure is better. They abuse alcohol less. They give more of their time and money. Gratitude is said to have the strongest link with positive mental health than any other characteristic trait. <laughs> it's, a, it's the superfood. I call it the superfood of the spiritual life. Right? It's the superfood. And so this is not just kind of some, like, um, don't worry, be happy. This is saying if our energy is going to a place, it's going to shape our lives. If you're worried about your kids, about money, about, right? Those things are going to be there. Paul comes, Jesus comes and says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. This is what um, Father Boyle says, who's become a mentor of mine. Prayer doesn't work, he says. 
praying does. <laughs> I think that's really interesting. That it's in the praying. It's in the, the process of, of me with my worries saying, Oh God, would you take this? It, it's the process that forms that which I'm, my energy is flowing to that power that is greater than myself, to a support that will not let me go, to a love that I'm connected to. And I can give up the outcome of that, that prayer. It's the praying that um, is, is the effect, right? And so I think that's really, really interesting. Mm. And I love this last one. Gratitude is to have the strongest links to mental health than any other characteristic trait. Um, we, um, we have these lives that are attempting to keep us safe. And we, um, we can get, I think, what, at least the way that I understand this, we can kind of get caught in the shallow end of our mental life. And I don't know about what wakes you up at 3 in the morning and what you get worried about. But those things have the tendency to kind of gather around us, like I call them the blackbirds. They just kind of, carry, they just kind of gather around us and start pecking at us. And often those things can take our energy and we can begin to worry about things so much, concerned about things so much, try to control things so much that we can do that for so long. And we look in the mirror and we shame ourselves by the way we look. We shame other people in trying to control them. Uh, we try to shellac some God over it once a week when we come to church. And what the Spirit of the living God is saying is cultivate gratitude. You're going to have this other stuff in your life that's just going to be normal. But if you cultivate this stuff alongside of it, then we'll read uh, in a couple weeks, there's a light that shines in the darkness. And what's the rest of that? And the darkness cannot overcome it. Right? So as we head into Advent, there's a light that shines in the darkness. And that, that light, I mean, the way that I understand that light is the light of, um, of God's Spirit. And the light of God's Spirit is often um, operationalized, is given um, structure, is given weight in our life by the things that we cultivate in our, in our minds and in our lives. And so between now and Christmas, if we were to write down the things in our lives that we're grateful about, the things that we've noticed and affirm, just notice and affirm, and then recognize that those things have been brought to us, we didn't do anything to earn that. Right? They've just been brought to us. And we write those things down. Or we write a letter to someone um, each week. We begin to, I think, um, it becomes a resistance towards the darkness in our life. It becomes a resistance towards a world that says you're not enough, to a world that says you're standing on cracking ice and it's going to um, give way at any time. And this becomes a different counter-narrative. So gratitude becomes a counter-narrative in our life that begins to say, actually, that's not all there is. Actually, your kids might not end up in prison and strung out on drugs. Just saying. <laughs> actually, this, this um, person that you're living with isn't the enemy. So we begin to think about all the good things that this person has brought to our lives. And where our attention goes 
our spirit begins to open up. Um, this isn't rocket science. This is why I think that at the end of the day, spirituality is not what we believe. It's what we experience and what we create and the, the, the flows of these highways underneath our lives that we create. And gratitude, um, I think, is one of the biggest character traits that we could develop. And as I said earlier in this message this week, it's free. <laughs> it's free. I, that, I just gave you something free that could change your life, right? Would, would, would we do it? Can we cultivate it and just see what happens, um, particularly as we head into Christmas? All right, that's what I got. <laughs> any feedback or um, um, anybody want to say anything? Yes, Mary. fantastic yeah yeah it's an antidepressant right yeah yeah beautiful it's been one of my favorite sermons of the year and I've heard a lot of them so thank you man we're so grateful I'm so grateful to be able to hear you in a small group like this in a church with 10,000 people and this and together folks and I'll keep saying this all we're doing is taking each other's hands and we're just walking each other home right um, that's all we're doing in this place that's all we can do um, yes um, we were having coffee this morning and Brett was reading on his iPad and saw a news story from China that said 10 people killed in a fire yeah. The government has locked Lock the doors door in for COVID, from COVID, you know, to lock the doors from the outside. Yeah, right. so they couldn't get out. And we said we're just so grateful to be in this country where we can come and have a small group right. and worship. That's right. And and do what we want and and care for our health. How you know just. Mm. No, that's another thing none of us said our country, which yeah. I was thinking, why? That's like a main, yeah. our freedom, our, right, right. you know, and yeah, absolutely. it would be great if our whole country could be more grateful, huh. and maybe sides could, <laughs> like divisions could, you know? Right, I mean, like, yeah, that? right. Wow, we live in such a great
Yeah. 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 Would, yeah. Would yeah. Somehow get. Yeah. You remember the? Uh, I keep going back to the duck and the rabbit picture I showed on perception oh, yeah. a, a couple months ago. Y'all, if y'all remember that. I mean, I I think what negative energy does is like it's just a duck. It's a duck. That's all you know. And I think what gratitude does is it opens up to go. Oh, there's more. There's more than just the suck, right? There's, excuse me, sorry. There's more than just the bad things, right? There's more than just the negative. Like, oh, there's all these good things. I was, uh, I, I got a note from um, um, a lady a couple weeks ago. I had, I buried her 20-year-old son last, last year. Um, he uh, overdosed and was really in and out of recovery. And so they asked me if I would come and bury him. And I did. Um, and I've been in contact with her throughout this last year. And as, um, as uh, Thanksgiving was coming up, she sent me a note. And she says, it's been a really tough year, but I have been concentrating on the gifts that my son had uh, brought me for 20 years. And she, realized, she said, I realize there's more than just the darkness of death. And so I think that's what gratitude does, is it doesn't, it's not Pollyanna. Does that make sense? It's not just like, and it's all going to be okay. You know, um, it means in the midst of the painful things that we're experiencing, that um, this word nevertheless, nevertheless there's light, nevertheless there's goodness, nevertheless there's God, right? And we begin to see and I, this, this phrase in the New Testament, there is a love that will not let us go. And um, that comes through just nurturing this other thing called gratitude, I think, part of it. And so you're right. We miss our country. <laughs> the fact that, you know, yeah. This is, Oh, hopefully it was Howard's keys. <laughs> Noticed and affirmed some uh, hand uh, sanitizer.
I'm paying these folks to say this. <laughs> <often>. <laughs> Thanksgiving, I was with my father-in-law for a couple of days, and one night it was getting kind of late, and he said he was going to go up to bed, and he was going to uh, write in his gratitude journal. I had never heard of a gratitude journal. And this was just a couple of days ago. <laughs> and uh, we talked about that for a few minutes, and he concluded by saying, it's the only way that I know to get my mind right. Oh, that's great. Wow. Did y'all hear that? It's the only way I know to get my mind right. Oof. My father-in-law. That's great. That's great. Because you can find yourself. Just negativity. Yes. 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 That's right. That's right. I mean, thinking about a toilet, there's a swirl to negativity, <laughs> right? I mean, and, and I don't know about you, once I get in that swirl, it is super hard for me to get out of, right? I mean, super hard. There's a, there's a story where uh, Martin Luther was, was like so angry at one point that he couldn't get out of the swirl of this negativity. And he picked up this ink, like... Um, jar and just hurled it against the wall and screamed. He was screaming at, at Satan, right? And I think that that's, there's something physical that we have to do to get out of the swirl, to, to reach our hand in the toilet. I'm just going to go there the whole the rest of the time. Thank you, Caesar. Is that we have to, it's not just like, oh, I got to quit thinking. We actually have to do something physical to write something down to get our minds, get, it's the only way I know to get my mind right. Right? Right. Physical. The body keeps a score. And if the body keeps a score, it's the body then that really, and the body of Christ. I mean, Paul's like friggin' brilliant. It's, a, it's us, it's our bodies individually and collectively that holds the trauma. And so the key to that is releasing our body and connecting. Right? And so often in, in our own negativity, we have to write it down. We have to write a letter. We have to speak it out. We have to move our bodies. It's not good enough just to think, oh, I'm grateful about some things. No. That's the, that's the scary thing about the mind. Because the mind can begin to think, oh, I'll give you a dopamine release. And we think, oh, I can get a dopamine release. Oh, I can feel better. I don't actually have to do it. No, you have to actually go work out, write those things down, do it. Yeah. Sometimes when
feel like I really need to say this because it's a Thanksgiving situation, um, but it's in keeping with all of this on the gratitude. Uh, starting back in June, I had just one health issue after the other. And I come from a long line of tough, scrappy women who you just pick yourself up and you keep going no matter how you feel or what is coming your way. And I've always prided myself on being able to do that. But this summer, after three falls, the third fall I, I went down and I couldn't get back up. And it affected my brain, affected my body, and I couldn't even read a book. I couldn't read anything. My brain was not working well enough for that. And I started having home health care people coming to me. It wasn't me driving to, to some place to get help. And these people were so loving and so um, encouraging. Hmm. And as I began healing and they began to show me how to do this, it was little tiny things, literally little steps. And they were like, yes, look at you. You can do this, whether it's with a cane or a rollator or whatever it was, I can do this. And I started doing that to myself when they weren't there. Like, I can do this. <laughs> oh my gosh, I read a paragraph today and I remember what it said. And the more I did this, the more I wanted to do it. And I realized finally, don't have any assistance to get around. I still have some issues that may take a very long time for complete healing, but I'm not worried about that. Mm. That's great. That Thank so you, Eileen. That's great. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, in closing, um, the, the, most, the most used word in the uh, first five books of the Bible is remember. More than any other word in the first five books of the Bible is the word remember. Remember that it is I that brought you out of the land of Egypt. Remember, it's I that fed you in the desert. Remember this, right? 
And so partly what Yahweh is doing, even to um, the first people that would bear uh, the name of God, is to teach them in the midst of life, there's also, um, in the midst of difficulty, there's also life. Right? And so partly what gratitude is remembering, to remember um, that there's other things that are happening that we can cultivate. So um, let's try that this week and this between now and Christmas. And why don't we, um, if some of y'all get a little gratitude um, um, thread going. And this is not like competitive gratitude, right? It's not like, <laughs> you know, like, here's my 5,000 lists, you know? I mean, it's like, this, I mean, it's just not... Don't turn it, don't go there. I don't know what that does. I don't know what competitive gratitude probably doesn't work as well. But, uh, um, but do that with each other. What's that? I bet it still works. I bet it does. It probably works better than competitive negativity, right? <laughs> which which I, I'm good at. So, All right. Well, why don't we stand and hold hands? What's that? The bad news is life's complicated. Yeah, that's right. Let's stand and hold each other's hands. Oh, God, you have given us gifts that... Um, are all around us everywhere. We take a breath every few seconds and it's just something we receive and so we say thank you. God, in this next uh, couple weeks, would you help us to cultivate gratitude? Might we be known as a people that have done that? And may it affect us and our families for generations. Oh, come Holy Spirit. Thank you for the hands that we're holding, and we pray that for um, those that are carrying burdens that are too much, that we might be an answer to their prayer this week as well. It's in your name that we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen.